Hi, Stephen. Hi. Welcome to Hollywood and Beyond Podcast with Cincinnati host Stephen Brittingham. Experience meaningful and in-depth interviews with Hollywood's most interesting people. Enjoy the show. Hi, this is Carrie Mitchum. Welcome to Hollywood and Beyond Podcast. And now, here's your host, Stephen Brittingham. Welcome to Hollywood and Beyond Podcast, everyone. I am your host, Stephen Brittingham. My special guest today is Marla Adams. Truly honored to have this remarkable lady on the show. Millions of viewers know her as Dina Abbott Mergeron from the CBS daytime television blockbuster, The Young and the Restless. Marla touched so many of us with her impressive and heartfelt portrayal of a once vibrant woman suffering from the clutches of Alzheimer's during her final years of her time on Y&R. I'm aware that my memory will come and go, mostly go. And when it does, Jack, I just want you to know that I love you now and always. Long before arriving in Genoa City, Marla Adams was appearing on numerous television shows such as The Secret Storm and several appearances on The Love Boat, working with Leslie Nielsen on her first appearance. Love, exciting and My, how things have changed. You know, I haven't been on board a ship since World War II. I was a singer with the USO. Yeah, we were all young. <laughs> Once. <laughs> and romantic. But then if you're not romantic when you are young, uh, when can you be? Followed by portraying a mother to a young Melissa Gilbert on another appearance. And she also has made contributions to theater and feature films, including portraying Natalie Wood's high school friend in 1961's Splendor in the Grass. As previously mentioned, a true honor for me personally to have her on the show. Marla Adams, welcome to Hollywood and Beyond. Well, I feel privileged to talk to you, darling. I've been in this biz since I was four years old, and I'm 82 but I go to the store very irregularly. But when I do, I'm hoping that nobody recognizes me and I finally have autonomy. Well, I walk into the store and look around. People are looking at me and I think, oh, they think, oh, that looks like her. But oh, no, she was young and beautiful. Well, now I'm old and ruthless and it's all okay. <laughs> Hi, how are you, dear? I am just fine, and it's so nice to speak with you, and, and you're still a beautiful woman today, a fabulous lady, and so talented, so thanks for joining me here again. Well, you keep thinking that thought, and I'm thrilled to be here and be, be a part of your podcast, but anyway, God bless you, and I'm glad to be talking to you, Stephen Brittingham. What an interesting name. From Cincinnati. Ohio. <laughs> from, 
from Cincinnati, Ohio. <laughs> there you go. Thank you so much, Stephen. Well, my pleasure and honor. And Marla, I thought we would actually start at the very beginning. Seems like a good place to start. Where are you from? I am from Ocean City, New Jersey. And south of Philadelphia, about one hour. And the next island, south in Jersey, from Atlantic City. And I was on floats and all kinds of things for Miss America. And I, I just have had a wonderful life. And uh, it's still going on even though I'm retired. But a few years back in the early 80s, after I had been away from Secret Storm and been on Broadway with, oh, and all these wonderful shows, I just uh, didn't quite know what to expect, and it just went on and on. And Sally Sussman, who created the character of Dean Abbott Mercheron, called me up and said, Marla, I'm going to bring you back to the show. She was the producer and head writer at the time. And she said, and you're going to have Alzheimer's. I said, what? Sal, you're bringing me back to kill me off? I said, she said, oh, no, you just wait. Well, she had to die because she did have Alzheimer's. What a gift it was. And Sally is such a dear, dear friend. And she is married to Tony Marina, the head honcho producer of the show Young and Restless. So it feels a privilege to be old and ruthless on the young and the restless and still be revered by fans across the world. I get so much email from all over the world. How did your interest in acting even begin? Well, I always wanted to be ever since I can remember. And uh, I was an actress in school. I acted in every play. Every, I mean, just it was just became part of me at a very very young age and that's how it was and I would start in all the school plays you know that procedure down and then uh, I went to the American Academy graduated from there was selected by uh, the Lunds and this great director who's a fabulous director very famous one I've always known since I was little that I wanted to be an actress. And, and you certainly became one. <laughs> Thank you. I did. I did it. And I'm still acting out, driving everyone crazy. Well, I went to the American Academy of Dramatic Arts in New York City, straight out of high school. And I graduated from there uh, in two years, because it was a two-year course at the Academy. And I auditioned for Ilya Kazan. You've heard of him. He wrote, oh, my God. Well, Ilya Kazan directed me, Splendor in the Grass, Ilya Kazan, and I auditioned for the Broadway show with Alfred Lunt and Lynn Fontaine, the quintessential couple in the American theater. And I auditioned for him. I did the visit on Broadway the day my father died. I got the part on Broadway, which was the day I auditioned. So I always thought it was his gift to me. Yeah. And it was amazing. But the visit with Alfred Lunt and Lynn Fontaine, oh, what a privilege for me. So I walked in, 
to audition and didn't know who Ilya Kazan was. And there was this creepy little man standing in the back of the elevator. Now, that was on the west side in a rather iffy building where auditions were held. And this man was in the back of the small elevator. I walked out to do the audition, and I have have natural blonde hair. So I had these gorgeous blonde locks, straight as a poker, that go down my back. And there was this creepy little man in the elevator. So I thought, I can't wait to get out of this elevator and away from this man. I walked into the audition, and who was staring at me? The little man in the back of the elevator, who was Ilya Kazan. (laughs) What a story. A true story. Oh, I'm full of them. (laughs) And you've worked with so many amazing people, Marla, and I'd love to ask you, you know, uh, I've mentioned that you were in the film Splendor in the Grass, and you portrayed uh, Natalie Wood's high school friend, and you had a lot of nice moments in the film. What was it like working with Natalie She was gorgeous. She was a tiny little thing and perfectly beautiful. She weighed 90 pounds if she weighed a day, but she was good. And what was so wonderful, working with Kazan, he, he groomed her for the part, and she shone. She, she was wonderful, and tiny little thing, and uh, it, she was, it was a privilege to work with her because she learned a lot from the teachings she got from Kazan, and it was, it was wonderful. She was a very gifted actress. Well, and he brought that out in, in her. He was perfect director for her. It was wonderful. And I got to work with the best. Yes. Do you recall anything about his style as a director? I've never been able to ask anybody what it was like to be directed by him before. You listened. You listened very carefully ah. and did exactly what he said. And he was always right in my book. So, I see. Uh, it was great to be able, to, as an actress, to listen to the great Kazan and listen to the, the Lunds. Oh, what a wonderful couple. And they were from Wisconsin, and he had a country home there. And all the great stars of the world back then lived there in the summertime. And it was only an hour and a half from where the kids have a house in Wisconsin. So things just fit in, and then we went from there. Did you ever reunite with Natalie over the years by chance? I was doing Heart to Heart, which Bob was the starred and produced Heart to Heart, a television show. You can look it up. And I got a message from uh, Bob, what's his uh, name? Robert Wagner? Yes. They were married when we did the show. And he was the, the actor-producer on Heart to Heart for several seasons. And his driver came up to me on the set, hadn't talked to them in many, many years, and said, Bob would like to see you in his dressing room because after you shoot your scene. Shot my scene, went to his dressing room, and he warmed me, he just welcomed me in and said, 
Natalie is coming to have lunch with me today and wants you to join us. Well, I just thought that was wonderful. And I wasn't able to because I was doing a play with Cesar Romero in real time. And I had to go down to near, way down almost to San Diego. And I had to go as soon as this was over. My scene, which was just one day as a guest star or co-star, to go down there and go right back to work. So I said, I would love to have lunch with Natalie, but I have to leave right away to go back to rehearse with Cesar Romero, which I did. And the next day or shortly afterwards, because they had a boat in uh, the island off of the... She died. Boom. Then. And I never saw her again. Well, that's very unfortunate. I'm sure it would have been a nice reunion between the two of you. That was that. And uh, Warren Beatty, first, that was the first show he ever did as a movie. So it, it launched his career. It launched his career. Yes, it was. His first film role, that's right. Well, thank you for sharing those memories of, of being in the film. You, you gave welcome. a great performance, and, and it was wonderful to listen to stories thank about you. Natalie Wood, who was just so beautiful and talented. She was drop-dead diminutive oh, and gorgeous, wow. and she learned so much. She listened to Susanna. Boy, she, she came through on that, and so and Warren was introduced. Did you watch The Secret Storm? But uh, obviously I've seen you through the years. Um, I did not get to see The Secret Storm. Oh, too bad. That was, that was wonderful. Well, Marla, tell me, um, what was The Secret Storm like for you? It was my first soap opera, and I got it, and uh, I was the first bitch on daytime television. <laughs> wonderful role. I loved it. And then from there, I went on Broadway, and from there, it launched many favors for me. Well, I have to tell you, I just rewatched your episodes on The Love Boat recently, and wow, you were just outstanding, so skilled, so talented. That was the first one. What a lovely, Leslie Nielsen. Oh, my God, what a sense of humor he had. He was delicious and a perfect gentleman, perfect gentleman. That is so nice to hear. Well, if you don't mind me asking you, you know, portraying someone with Alzheimer's as an actress, um, what, the responsibility to portray it appropriately, uh, how did you respond to that? Because your performance was amazing. I don't know. I just did exactly what I thought someone who had Alzheimer's would do. And it was a great gift for me because I, it was a challenge and the most daunting role I've ever ever played, including the role on Broadway, because this was something that I never fathomed, and it was remarkable to be able to play Dina. And all the Abbott children, there was just wonderful performances. Uh, oh my God, I love Terry Lester, and he died, and he died. I was so sad about that. And the day after we had a big earthquake here, big, I think in 94, whatever, and I got a call, and it was Terry. He was on his motorcycle, and he owned a house in North Hollywood somewhere. 
And he said, I want to come see you. Terry was downstairs at my house, and he came up and saw me, and we spent an hour or two drinking white wine together. And Terry was a great actor, not revered by some fans, but what a privilege of working with him. Oh, what an amazing actor. And then Peter Bergman came along, and he, and to replace him, totally different type of person and wonderful actor. Oh, yes. Whoa. And he's still there. And he was there when I died. Jerry Douglas was Jerry Douglas. He was quite something. And uh, we worked very well together as husband and wife. But he was right there with me every moment. And that's what counts. And I'm very grateful to him. Wow. You're one of Y&R's great ladies, just like Jeannie Cooper, as far as I'm concerned. Oh, my God. Well, that would take the rest of the day to talk about Jeannie. She was something else, something else. <laughs> one of a kind, huh? <laughs> oh, more, more, totally, totally. <laughs> and it was a privilege. Work. I've, I've worked with so many wonderful people, yes. and they certainly don't disappoint. Well, is there anything else you wanted to say before we conclude? Just that. Thank you for calling, and take care of Cincinnati, and I'm so happy we were able to have this conversation. Oh, my pleasure. And uh, feel free to call me anytime. Is that your real name, Brittingham, or did you make uh, that up? It is my real name, yes. It's a wonderful name. Well, thank you, And I'm you, a Marla. Marla Adams, that's my na- name, and uh, related to the original President John Adams. <laughs> Whoa. Okay. Well, if you say so. <laughs> That's what they tell me. But That's I, what they tell you. They're there to okay. prove it. Uh, yeah, the proof could be uh, hard to find. It's not in the pudding. It's not in the pudding. <laughs> it's somewhere in the, in the vapors or wherever they call that, whatever it is. But thank you, Stephen. It's been a pleasure. A real pleasure. And I'm sorry your grandma isn't alive because I'd give a shout out to her in her heavenly body so uh god bless you and for leaving the business and going back to take care of her you're a remarkable person thank you thank you marlon you you take care you're welcome god bless you and bye-bye to be continued as always bye-bye Stephen britingham i love you bye-bye 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 marlon Selected clips and music appear courtesy of The Young and the Restless, Sony Pictures Television, The Love Boat, and Aaron Spelling Productions. Hollywood and Beyond Podcast is produced, edited, and hosted by Stephen Brittingham. See you on another episode of Hollywood and Beyond. Thanks for listening.